Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. Like me if I was a worm, yes or no? <laughs> I can't believe this. I'm being bamboozled on this podcast. <laughs> you are using our off-show banter and putting me in a corner. Yep. Don't put baby in a corner, except that's what I'm exactly <laughs> doing. So, I mean, can can worms still use microphones? <laughs> it would probably just sound really slushy, you know. <laughs> probably just be a really like gooshy actually you know oh. what this might just turn into like an asmr podcast which would be something you could just add to the earbud media roster like our show yeah, would dissolve just, but you would have something right it, from uh, like a phoenix from the ashes <laughs> <laughs> a new better show in which ali is a worm and does ASMR slithering on top of a microphone? <laughs> Can you imagine if, like, one of your roommates walked by and they were like, oh, hey, what's up? And they just saw you on a Zoom call with a worm? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, don't worry I'm in a business it. meeting. <laughs> Stop. I'm talking to my wife, my beautiful wife. My worm. Who's a worm. My worm wife, you know, the new Iron and Wine song? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> You know, I don't know. Yes? I think yes. That's the wrong answer. Everyone who says that is wrong. I'm telling you, if Chris no, turned into a worm, no. I I would I would be fucked up. Like I who would be able to get yes, anything I, from the top shelves anymore? I understand completely. I think if like a friend of mine or my partner or something was like, I'm gonna I'm a worm now. I'm like, I don't know, this is a little bit harder of a decision for me to make. But we have never seen each other ever. That's real. And you you could very well be a worm. I could right? be a worm. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. You could just be a worm. I could be a worm. We could both be worms. Welcome into Into the Worm Light, where we expose that we've both been worms this whole time. Listen, worms hide in apples for a reason. <gasps> Holy shit, Cody. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's our new podcast merch. It's just two worms coming out of an apple with little fangs. <laughs> That's so fucked up. I love it. What the hell? They just saying fuck Mike Newton. <laughs> Can we commission Rachel to make a sticker for us? Just like the two hands holding an apple and they're just two worms oh, coming out of God. it. <laughs> oh my God. That's fucking hilarious. TM 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 no that, like stop it very good business everyone shut up <laughs> anyways I yeah I've also seen that a lot on TikTok and it stresses yeah. me out and I relate a lot to the parents who are getting like assaulted by their teenagers being like they're just up in their face with a camera being like would you love me if I'm still a worm and it's like <laughs> and they say no and it's like yeah I get it because like what the fuck am I supposed to do yeah. Yeah, you leave me with not a lot of good options here, Yeah, bud. I don't know how to take care of a worm. Like, I... Don't add more drama to your family life if you don't have to. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's like, a lot of your family members... Don't add weird ultimatums. ...are having to deal with your presence a lot more than they had to before. And now you're just coming sure. up to them being like, Mima, would you love me if I was still a worm? And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck, Jeremy? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just so many TikTok accounts of like white teenage boys and their fucking memas. Yeah. And it's like what? Listen, would you love your mima if she was a worm? I no, <laughs> I would love. Ask yourself that question before you ask mima. Okay. <laughs> I would love my mima yeah. if she was a worm, but all my memas are dead, so <laughs> they're with the worms. You know what I mean? Oh no. Oh no. Anyways, welcome to Into the Twilight. We're off the fucking rails this week. You know? Yeah, I don't know what the vibes are. 
in this space. Listen, it's cancer season. Everything's off the here. rails now. Listen. I don't... This is your show, and you're leading it off the rails, so. (laughs) The worms are in control. It's like that meme where it's like three forks in a highway, and it's just like swerving (laughs) into the left. (laughs) Really going in. That's us with chaos. Welcome. Exactly. Cody, how you doing? I was good. My thing was going to be cancer season, but I don't know what else to rip on now. Well, I mean, Um, listen, it's your season. Talk about it. We're here. It's Solange's birthday God today. Bless. We're recording. Um, oh, it's also a great reminder that last year for my birthday, yeah. I made a playlist solely of cancer artists mm. because I'm annoying. You're a Enneagram Five, is what you are. I'm an. I'm an that is also true. And I was, but listen, the range. Can we talk about we can. this for a moment? So if if you want to check it out on Spotify, it's called This is a Crab Only Event. Stop. So we got Miss Lana Del Rey. So we don't claim her. Who is that? Just bleep her name. I don't know. Uh, The Killers. I don't remember which one, but one of them is. (laughs) KT Tunstall. Wow. Cowboy Queen. Mm. Blondie. Missy Elliott. I love her. My mom. Sky for... Oh. I don't know how to say her last name. M.I.A. God damn. God damn, Cody. Like Ariana Grande. Wow. I like. I love a cry. Like Sufjan. Oh, Sufjan. Jack White. Like, it's just, there's so much. Posty. Like, come on, guys. God damn. George Michael. Hello. Hello. The Range. Impeccable. We love to see it. We love a, a playlist of just belt after belt. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Cindy Lauper on there too, and it definitely changes the mood. Because <laughs> I only have the sad ones on there for some reason. Well, that's <laughs> so fair. Should... Yeah, it's fine. Listen. Well, well, congrats on evolving back into your most powerful season of being the true crab with a knife image. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I get to add so many more photos to my crab folder now. What I'm so the excited. fuck, Cody? <laughs> it's like... Are you... Have I not told you about my crab folder? Is there a cancer version of a horse girl? Is it just like a crab dude? Like, what is that? <laughs> I Listen, I love crabs. I've always loved them. I feel like a crab. And also, they are the most memeable animal. It's true. Bar none. They are always either holding cigarettes or holding knives <laughs> or like wearing sunglasses or like they're they got a can of hands on the beach. Like they're it's so good. There's a million of them. And I love all of them. The one where they're all like circling a yellow dildo, like it's come on. Are you it's kidding? True. The vibes. The vibes. They were it's like they were made for Twitter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm coming out as a horse girl, uh, I'm a crab. I'm a crab dude. Crab lad. <laughs> a crab lad. That's what it is. That's what it is, folks. We've got it. Got it in one. Yeah. Wow. How are you, dude? Um. Well, as of a fellow crab lad, I'm. Uh, I I don't know that I can be considered a crab lad if I just eat them. You know. You know that's honoring it in some, in some way, way. <laughs> with your body. I feel like that's the Jimmy Buffett version of a crab lad, and I don't know. <laughs> like it's something. I speaking of Jimmy Buffett, I am officially on island time. As of Hell yeah, yesterday, I have officially started my summer break, which mm. you know means nothing contextually, <laughs> because I'm not you know like I'm still in my pajamas, like haven't mm-hmm. left my house. But it did right. mean that I did get to like put my email on out of office, which is like. Oh, it, it that is a very like sensual feeling. Yeah. Um, so I I do appreciate that. Um, we had our end of the year staff meeting on Monday, and the there was a portion at the end of that Zoom meeting where a lot of folks were in the Zoom chat just saying like "Have a good summer," and I did intentionally type <laughs> hags into the Zoom chat. Um, oh no one God. got it, but I, I just needed to do it because I didn't get to, like, write it on any of my students' papers this year. 
So only real '90s kids remember. Only, only us. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Um, if you know, you know. But yeah, so it doesn't really change much on my day to day life, other than the fact that like I can uh, start my laundry uh, and maybe sleep more now, which is nice. Yeah, that's great. So, always, absolutely. So I love that. But and maybe maybe eat some crabs, you know, or order them <laughs> somewhere else. Yeah. But we have some current events to get to this week. Hold on. Before we do that. Yes. Are you not going to flex about the Volvo right now in this space? Oh, I was going to in our current events section. Okay, just kidding. We can start with that, though. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, let's do it. So in the first of our current events, last week when you are listening to this... I had the pleasure of showing my Animal Crossing island on the Villager's Voice Twitch stream, which is Chris and Rachel's. They used to do Coffee with Rachel. Now they do the Villager's Voice. Um, I, uh, more importantly, former guests on this podcast. Absolutely. Coffee, Chris and Rachel. <laughs> and so I had the joy of showing them around my Twilight-themed Animal Crossing island. And it was a blast. So my Animal Crossing Island, it's called the Volvo, um, which is very... <laughs> I always say it so sad. <laughs> I, I, it is... The Volvo. I say it so sad because I'm, I'm concentrating so much on not saying the Volva, which I should yeah. have known better <laughs> that I cannot pronounce that. This is my goop-inspired island. <laughs> yes. But the next time, when I reset and I start over, I will do a, a goop-inspired island. Just call um, it Yoni. <laughs> just call it Yoni. But yes, yeah, so the Volvo is all forks inspired. Um, and it's very extra. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a blast to be able to show them around. So they, um, if you go to the Villager's Voice on Twitch... They still have the the VOD available because um, mm-hmm. they're, like, Twitch partners or whatever. It lasts for, like, 60 days. Uh, but it won't they're be fancy. up there forever, so I would watch it. Get on it. Yeah. Um, it's immaculate. <laughs> it, it was really the fun to do. The craftsmanship. The attention to detail. There are, there are a lot of details in there, that's for sure. It's stunning. Um, Just the, the wedding... Is my mind exploded <laughs> upon seeing it? But we'll. Um, I'm planning on having like some of our actual podcast folks. Like I'm planning on opening up our island for that for them to come over and chill. So hell yeah. So yes, very good things. I love to support their work, and it was a joy <laughs> to be able to to show off that um, that work as well. Would you like to share our first bit of current events here, our little case to corner? Well, welcome to the case to corner. We're parking <laughs> Um, This breaking news from Variety this morning. Yeah. Our girl case to is back as part of a collection of short films on Netflix about quarantine and like hello hello what i it definitely has my interest peaked that's for sure yes and it's like it's been a minute since she's done any directing stuff like that come swim thing was like three years ago or something right so she's back in the saddle maybe getting inspired we love it. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely intrigued. It has me curious. Um especially cuz they're they're mentioning that like this idea, like the overall theme and message here is that it's supposed to be about adversity. And and so I'm I'm curious. Yeah, that's for sure. Um and I will say, I don't I oppose to the concept of quarantine art in general. Same. I feel that way too. It makes me feel not great, and also I just dread what's to come. Um, And the fact that there's 17 of these things. That's a lot. It's a lot of things. It's a lot. Uh, But maybe 
Maybe cases will be good. Maybe all of them will be good. Who knows? Maggie Gyllenhaal's in there. We love to see it. It's true. There's a lot of so. there's a lot of familiar faces there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I it definitely has my curiosity peaked. I will say that. Yeah. Um, speaking of curiosity, we the last piece of current event news that we have this week. This there's a video out with Stephanie Meyer. And that sounds far more damning than it is. I just don't really know how to. <laughs> There's an illicit video. <laughs> um, but there is... It is a collaboration with a company called Picture Start and a podcast that... And they... It is a series called Letters To, and they included Stephanie Meyer on mm. here as well. And essentially, it just allowed Stephanie to talk a little bit more about Midnight Sun. Which... Getting that hot... Goss, we want, you know? we do want that hot goss. Those juicy deeds. Um, and there, there were some deeds. I don't know that they were necessarily juicy, but we got some deeds. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Um, mainly that it it just continues to remind me just how fucking big this book is going to be. Oh yeah. And that is a lot. But there was there was a main point of this that I know that you wanted to highlight on here. Oh. <laughs> Yes. So they kind of talk a lot about, um, like, the perspective of, of Bella being a very, like, anxious yes. character. And, like, is that perspective going to be different with Midnight Sun? Like, how is Edward's kind of, like, mental psyche going to be? And Stephanie Meyer's, like, personally, I have social anxiety, and that's my truth. Um, and then she was like, well, if you think Bella has anxiety, psh- Edward is anxiety boy. Which, uh, that's a name. He makes Bella look so lighthearted and like she never worries about anything. Which makes me so nervous. What? If that is the precedent we are setting. Yep. I am scared. <laughs> I'm haunted. Because if there's anything that we know about Bella is that she's <laughs> an anxious Virgo with yes. trauma. And right. so if if the creator is like, yeah. oh, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> oh. you have no idea what's coming. I'm terrified. The other thing that sends me into a spiral personally, and I know that you mentioned this earlier, is that whenever they made this video, which it Mm -hmm. doesn't, when watching it, I could not get a clear date of when it was filmed or when their interview was. Um, But Stephanie Meyer says in the video that she was still in the final editing stages at that time. I have to assume that because of the fact that she mentions people's response to right. the it book. It was definitely post-announcement. It was yeah. post-announcement, which, Stephanie? Right. <laughs> Hello? Hey, hey, Steph? Hey. That's not what... Uh, <laughs> I mean, that also feeds to the theory that this was all kind of rushed, right? Absolutely. Like, which we already kind of knew, but, like, it definitely is like, oh, this book, like, dead ass wasn't finished, and, like kind of saw an opportunity. It's like, all right, I'll make it work. <laughs> I'll figure out the rest of this book. <laughs> which <laughs> which makes more sense why our initial theory of it just being like a digital download or like yeah. an ebook made a lot more sense because, but no, she's just, someone needs to take her laptop away from her and be like, absolutely yeah. not. We have to, at some point, we need to print these books. <laughs> <laughs> these have to be words on paper at some point. If you want this to be 700 pages in a hard copy format, we have to make them. We gotta go now. Yeah, we have to have started that months ago. What are you talking about? Yeah. So that makes me very nervous. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, But yeah. uh, So great, Steph. Good work. Uh, Really looking forward to it. (laughs) um and it i think that that is i mean it's it's unsurprising i think from a lot of other authors that i know that like they will continue to pick apart their work for as long as they can 
Um, yeah. But like, my God, you get stop, <laughs> please. Yeah. Anyways, um, we do have a we have an email here from one of our patrons. Hell yeah! Would you like to read it for us? I would. Thank you. This is from Kelly Beck. Hi, Kelly. Shout out, Kelly Beck. Says, I think I should do a bonus Jonas on 365 days on Netflix because it's a trashy Fifty Shades ripoff that would actually make more sense if the male was a vampire. Whoa. I never thought I would watch a movie and think, wow, Fifty Shades actually does have some character development. Whoa. <laughs> Plus, it's in Polish, Italian, and English, so it's multicultural or something. It's really awful. I apologize in advance for this idea. <laughs> also, <laughs> I thought your royal family casting was just fine, except that Charlie deserves better because Prince Andrew, Duke of York, is actually really bad. Oh. I forgot about this because I sent in a question and he's been implicated in Jeff Epstein's stuff for being a pedophile. Oh, Yikes. Fuck, dude. Oh, no. Given all the episodes against Aaliyah, I guess it was just cursed with pedophiles. Yeah, well. Well, sorry. I would say Laurent is more of a Prince Andrew energy since he pretends to be your vampire friend when he actually wants to just secretly murder Bella in the woods when the Cullens are away. Whoa. Okay. Damn, Kelly. Okay, Kelly. Okay. All right. Well, okay. I mean, Kelly obviously has a lot more history. And yeah, understanding so fuck of the Prince Andrew, <laughs> fuck the Duke of York. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck. I didn't. I did not That's know crazy. about that. There's so many scandals that we're just not even aware of because we're just so isolated from everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that nuts? Wow. I, I hate that, but thank you for that information, Kelly. Yeah, um, love context and being able to connect your understanding of the royal family with your understanding of the Twilight royal family. So thank you. Just a perfect me as things. <laughs> it must really win you friends at parties, Kelly Beck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got just like a roster of, of small talk at your fingertips just yep. ready to go. Yeah. Kelly Beck's like, I'm so glad that you asked. And people yeah. are like, no, I just, I'm just here I to grab bring a PowerPoint. <laughs> I just, uh, Hello. Um, thank you, Kelly Beck, for your knowledge, yeah. as always. Also, 365 seems, like, wild. What the fuck, though? I'm down. Should we get into Hidden Bodies this week? Hell yeah, dude. All right. When we left off, um... I love that you're speaking in Iamic Pentamon right <laughs> Thank now. you. Thank you so much. I'm actually just a robot. Um, when we left off last week, Joe was fighting with Officer Fincher, a.k.a. Rude cop. Rude cop that's been following this man across the globe. Yeah. Drove, like, two hours. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I And honestly, <laughs> don't correct me. I don't care. Drove Magic from L.A. Card. Whatever. Drove from L.A. to Palm Springs um, just to talk shit to Joe. Which, like, he deserves yeah. it, but also, hello. Yeah. Um, and so that is where we left off. When we we have chapters 36 through 39 this week, which is a, a lot, but it's okay, because they all kind of, they're all kind of like one scene, so it makes sense. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, when we get back into chapter 36 here, uh, no one noticed <laughs> that Joe was gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fine. He's only a little bit better about it. Yeah. Um, Does anyone care? <laughs> He just Does anyone care? flips a table and is like, I was gone, in case you were wondering. <laughs> Welcome back, Joe, huh? <laughs> um, but they're all very excited because um, the crew is going to Cabo uh, to celebrate the end of this movie, which, hey, you know, like when you're done with an indie movie and you go to celebrate in Cabo and not yeah. at Taco Bell? It's just normal. Just normal things people things you know yep um there is joe is like trying to figure out at this time like he he's like all right like i gotta kill fincher but then he says quote but this is america if you kill a cop you die that's how it is Mm. Mm. so hmm and i'm I'm going to do you all a favor, and I'm going to do my <laughs> mental health a favor, and I'm just going to talk about the way that Joe talks about cops in the text. Um, yes. However, he's not wrong right. in that, co- you know? Yeah, he's, well, he's, here's, like, 
the same way that he is mad about anyone in any particular reason or any particular scenario is that he doesn't like cops. Yes. Because of a very specific personal reason. Yeah, and not like because, institutional reasons. <laughs> right. Not because of like the structure or like the implications or like widespread situations. It's like, oh, I murder people and cops sometimes give me shit for it. So therefore, fuck the police. Right. And not like I lived in New York all my life. <laughs> yeah. I know what happens in that yeah. area, so right. fuck the police. I have seen systemic damage. <laughs> right. But yeah. rather, only one of these groups of people, only one of these groups of white men can kill cops, yeah. and it's going to be me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so what he finds out is that they are going, oh, also, like, the compound that they're going to in Cabo is called La Grusheria, which, sure. Um, yeah. And so... He does a good old Google search to figure out, like, what's going on around there and figures out, and I promise y'all this is going to make sense, (laughs) in the end, he finds out that Axel Rose has (laughs) has a house in development really Mm -hmm. close to where they're going to be. It's an unfinished house (laughs) that has a home recording studio. Which Joseph, like, gets very giddy about when he sees in the description, because that means it's a cage, it's soundproof, yeah. and he's like, perfect, I gotta figure out some way to get Fincher down here, and I'm gonna kill him in the soundproof box. Because there's no How other- become best friends with Axl Rose? Right. <laughs> there's no other soundproof recording studio rooms in LA, I have to go to Mexico to do this. And so he starts doing a little bit of research about Officer Fincher to get him to come down to Mexico. He finds out, like, he has an IMDb page. uh, And he, like, wanted to be an actor. And then he joined the LAPD. So what he decides to do, since he um, also, like, markets himself as a celebrity bodyguard, is Joseph decides to pretend that he is Megan Fox, makes an email account titled Megan is a Fox at gmail.com. Nice. And emails Officer Fincher in a very um, middle school text kind of way, asking me or asking Fincher to come down to Cabo and help Megan Fox out. Which of course works. In what world yep. would Megan V. Fox yep. have her email address Megan as is a Megan Fox. is a fox? Yeah, what about it? I mean, why <laughs> why go covert when you can just be as obvious just as really possible? Do it. Yeah. I that if that worked like that, like if celebrities just had it that obvious. A lot of the bounce back emails that I sent in middle school uh, would have just gone through. (laughs) Um, Didn't that actually happen when, like, Natalie Portman was at Harvard or something and people were just doing, like, the the first initial last name at Harvard or whatever? I think so. And just, like, sending her emails? (laughs) I think so, yeah. The idea that Megan Fox personally would reach out to a celebrity bodyguard and not, like, her management... Right. Uh, Any other person. Anyone. That she would have time to do this. Amazing. Yeah. But I mean, same. If I got an email from Megan Fox, um, I also would be very happy about it. So I get it. I'll get fished by a fake Megan Fox. (laughs) I'm not afraid. Listen, Officer Fincher is not the first one to get fished by fucking Megan Fox. So I get it. It's true. It's true. So it ends up working. Um, And by the end of this chapter, you know... Joseph is set, like, he's gonna kill Officer Fincher, um, because, and the, the reasoning that Joseph has set this is because Officer Fincher has chosen Megan Fox over Delilah, <laughs> even though he is, like, set up a ploy and Officer Fincher fell for it, but it's now 
Fincher's fault. Now how dare he? How dare he? Be duped by something I orchestrated. Right. Yeah. What did you want to happen? Do you want him to get off your ass or do you want him to like go investigate the crime that you did? What? Yeah, he's not going to be happy either way. No. But god damn it. So, chapter 37 starts and they're in Cabo. 9 a.m., everyone on this boat that they're on is drunk as fuck. Rise and grind, baby. <laughs> Just live in their truth, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're... Now, here's the thing. I'm Italian. I don't know how to read Roman numerals. <laughs> I think this says that it's the Love Boat 4. It is. It is Great. Love Boat 4. Okay. Because I've learned Roman numerals in seventh grade, but there was a cute boy in front of me, so I didn't pay attention. <laughs> the only time that I've gotten familiar with Roman numerals is because of Rocky, and so I think I was, like, pretty sure that was four. Yeah. I feel like I can only do, like, up to, like, ten or fifteen or something. As soon as Anytime they put, like, the like, L and stuff in it, I'm gone. Right. Anytime I see, like, a Super Bowl, like, whatever, like, title screen or something, I'm like, what even is this? Are those real? Does it, people can understand that? Yeah. They, I just, just feel use like... the numbers. Use they, the numbers. Everyone just Googles it. I yeah, Just be honest. Like, there's no one that's like, oh, yeah, my favorite, 67. It's like, no, what? Yeah, like, Super Bowl XL V12 is my favorite. It's like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like... <laughs> You love sports, but none of you are good at math, so just be honest with yourselves. <laughs> so annoying. Anyways. Mm. Um, so they're all on island time here. There's two separate boats, because this is what rich people do, apparently, is that the guys yeah. are on the Marlin fishing boat, which, like, ripped Nemo. Um, <laughs> and the girls are on the other boat getting manis and petties. So, love gender. So... Uh, but... Joe has the pleasure of being on the boat with Captain Dave. And y'all... My man! (laughs) I do love Captain Dave. I love a guy who is... I love a salt and pepper man. Love a guy who is, like, a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. Only talks in seafaring language. (laughs) Yep. I'm obsessed with this man. So, Joe is trying to, like, butter up Captain Dave with the sole intention of being able to kill Fincher and then drop his body off on this boat. Because he's got an M.O. Right. What he learns very quickly is that Captain Dave would rather die than give the keys of this boat to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) And that is shocking to Joseph. Um, He has never met anyone that is, like, an actual captain before um, and, like, owns a boat and, like, cares about it. And he's like, hmm, boat people are weird. Yeah, interesting. And also, this is the first time that, like, someone's not immediately doing the thing that he asked them to do. It's true. It's it's an unreasonable request. He's like, wait a minute. What the fuck? What is this? (laughs) Sorry. You can't say no to me. I usually ask for very outlandish and specific things, and it just works. So, like, what, what is the problem here? I don't understand why you wouldn't give me the keys to your boat, Captain Dave. Your precious baby boat. <laughs> your baby boat. <laughs> um, Congratulations, it's a boat. It's a boat. Uh, what are you going to name it? Baby. That's, that's the only gender real party I care about. Um, all right, so... There's there's some fishing happening. Nothing too interesting. Um, the girls' boat comes up. They're all dressed like pirates, which, sure, great. Um, but Joseph doesn't care about any of that because he goes down into the boat um, and he has his burner phone there and he's going to make some important sea calls. As you do. As you do. Now, Cody, could you tell me more about some of these sea calls that Joseph is trying to make? <laughs> At 9 a.m., maybe 10 a.m. at this point. Uh, Tell me about this Nick Ledger person that he's pretending to be. He's, like, doing, like, a role play. Yeah. Of, like, a guy that's, like, smoking a lot of cigarettes. (laughs) And it's, like, rude and, like, 
just this weird like fantasy fulfillment for him to be like this is the guy I could have been if only I lived in the Bronx if only I lived in the Bronx and like I had this chutzpah you know like if that was my life right and it's awful he keeps saying like yeah it I hate it so apparently there are like 12 realtors that are trying to sell Axl Rose's house which why are there so many realtors Why? It's a hot commodity. <laughs> and Joseph is like, all right, so one of them at least has to have the key to this place. Hopefully, because they're realtors and they're trying to sell this property. So Can we just pause for a moment to please. think of like this is the most ridiculous plot point that has ever happened. The fact that all of these things have had to happen for this what is about to follow will also happen is unreal. Absolutely. Like we're <laughs> investigating we're on a boat we're on multiple boats and axel rose's house is there and i gotta (laughs) pretend to be megan fox to email uh the cop that's after my ass because he wants to be in hollywood and he loves celebrities so i'm gonna email him as megan fox to come to axel rose's house so i can kill him but i gotta go on this boat first and go and charm some realtors like fake like Bronx character actor dude, and the only reason to get a key to me Rose's. is because I killed a girl that was too interested in me because I fucked Sorry. her and pooped in her bathroom and didn't flush. <laughs> like <laughs> this takes up an entire wall full of plot. Could you imagine if this was in the television show? Oh my god, <laughs> this would be a full season of build up. It would be. There's so many moving parts. I, yeah, it is It is impossible to explain, which is why they didn't do it, obviously. But yes, so Joseph, as Nick, playing the parts of both Nick Ledger and Megan Fox, is yeah. calling, is calling multiple realtors, trying to get the key. He ends up finally doing it and saying, I guess, like, you know, it is a property that is incomplete, but apparently there is a key, um, and it's, like, in an outdoor shower or something, because sure. And so now he's just waiting to pass the time until fucking Officer Venture comes. And he's doing a lot of the, like, I'm looking at the sea, but thinking Delilah will show up, but she's not. So, after he's dicked down love, <laughs> and she's taking a nap um he's deciding to go out for an afternoon run please keep in mind this is cabo so it's fucking hot outside um and he he still does not agree with sunscreen nope um and he takes two bottles of water and is running uphill to get to axel rose's house (laughs) and he's passing by a lot of houses that are still under construction which sure so he emails fincher as megan fox and also as fucking, I guess just as Megan Fox this time, not as Nick Ledger. And he tells Fincher, like, where to go, and it's downstairs and stuff. So while he's waiting for Fincher to show up, he sets up this, like, trip wire situation using fishing line and also using name, not name, yeah, name brand wax strips. Why Love brought waxing strips to Cabo, I don't know. Um, and he also does his typical, also M.O. at this time, of crushing up Percocet and putting them into water as well. Hell yeah. Great. So, Fincher finally comes down stairs, um, falls down the stairs. Joseph makes a big point of it being that, like, one of the most fundamental things about being human is that it's funny when people fall down stairs, which it's... <laughs> Okay, Joseph, it's I, not, yeah. but sure. We all watched America's Funniest Home Videos, okay? Yeah. That was our sense of humor for, like, five years. <laughs> Falling down a stair? Funny. Falling yeah. down flights of stairs? <laughs> not. Yeah. No, it gets, it gets so much. Like, the, the incline of, like, immediately from funny to sad is as steep as the stairs themselves. Right, exactly. <laughs> the direct ratio. Watching uh, someone trip? Hilarious. Watching someone fall like roll down a flight of stairs is not funny yeah um great so while fincher knocked out in the soundproof steer 
the studio, he calls Captain Dave and asks again um, if he can get the keys to the boat. This time he's like, I'm not going to ask to drive the boat. I'm just going to ask if my friend Brian can stay on the boat because he's really drunk. And of course, Captain Dave is smart. And so he says no. So now Joseph's plan is completely fucking foiled. And he has nothing to do. It's been too long. Love is back up now. And he has, he's just got a dude in a fucking house. And like everything is going wrong. So he twists his ankle on the run home. That's his story for why it's taken him so long. And they're sitting on the beach. Again, like Fincher's still in the house, knocked up. And he's like, I have no idea what to do. All I need to do is just get a shovel. I'm going to kill him and I'm going to bury him somewhere. So chapter 38 starts. And it's now the next morning, but like early in the morning, like four o'clock in the morning. And he's back at Axl Rose's house. And fucking, I hate that Axl Rose is involved with this. There's, again, the celebrity name drops in this book they're so unnecessary continue to just be confounding absolutely and i think chapter 38 has a lot of them um because chapter 38 is when we start to get joseph starts to go through fincher's duffel bag um while he's still knocked out and he finds he finds a rolodex that (laughs) fincher travel like brought to cabo with him um And this Rolodex is, like, all of the home addresses of famous celebrities that he has met as his time of working both as a police officer and, like, a celebrity bodyguard and all this stuff. Now, this is related not only to the book, but it is also related as a Twilight-adjacent story here because one of the people... That Caroline Kepner chooses to put in this Rolodex for her celebrities is Robert Pattinson himself. Like, hello? Hello? (laughs) (laughs) Um, excuse me? Hi. Hi. Hello, Caroline? Hey. Hi. Question. Hello? (laughs) In the back over here? Hi. Hello. What the fuck? I... It, at this point, it felt like Caroline peeked her head through my Kindle and was like, hey, I'm Caroline. Nice to meet you. I noticed that you're reading this. Like, that it just changed for whoever you were and you that you were reading. <laughs> it just adapts. But since I know that you all are curious, here is the dated Rolodex entry for Robert Pattinson. Or as it says here, Pattinson, comma, Robert. <laughs> It says from Fincher, told him that I loved water for elephants and that he and Reese seem like they're meant for each other. He seems like the real deal, salt of the earth, more British than you expect him to be. Tell agent to send him real. So, great. What a legend. Could you imagine meeting Robert Pattinson? Yeah. And the first thing out of your mouth is, I loved you in Water for Elephants. Hey, I <laughs> loved you in this fucking movie. Yeah. And, like, you're going to say Water for Elephants and not remember me? Like, if you're going to choose one of those era of movies, <laughs> excuse me? Yeah, because he's tired of Twilight. You can say something different, shake it up a little bit. Right. But Water for Elephants? And you're going to say that him and Reese seem like they're meant for each other when they were both dairied, hello? They were both (laughs) dating and or married to someone at that time? Excuse me? It's called acting, Fincher. Get used to it. (laughs) I hate this. Welcome to showbiz, baby. Welcome to Tinseltown, Fincher. Acting is lying sometimes. (laughs) I hate this man. So all of the, there are so many celebrity encounters during this chapter. Um, which one stood out to you, aside from Robert Pattinson, obviously? Yeah, the Robert one is very good. Um, I think the whole Katherine Heigl thing is... Sorry, you mean Katie? Yeah, <laughs> the fact that it is 
you know, her friends call her Katie. It's like, hello. Oh. I, I, and yeah, this it's whole, really like, sad. he's trying to get her to follow him on Instagram. And it's, like, this really weird thing. Yeah. I hated that. And, like, just, like, Love and Oblivion and Tom Cruise and just chilling you know yeah my favorite unsurprisingly was zach efron um when he's like did you really pull him over just because you thought that you'd be a good dad to him in a movie (laughs) i hate it yeah Um, oh my god so finally during this time um fincher wakes up and he, again, he's still in the soundproof booth. The only thing that's in there with him is the microphone and, uh, like, a, a fucking, not a basket, but, like, a thing of water. And so he is, like, throwing himself against the glass, like, really upset. And so Joseph is, like, once he finally realizes what he's holding, Fincher is, like, you need to put that down. Like, that's official police business. And and Joseph is doing a lot of the things that he usually does with people in cages where he's trying to make them feel guilty and taking no blame at all yeah, for himself. Right. Um, this one feels a little bit more pointed because the fact that he has this Rolodex there. And so he does yeah. get to, like, he's calling it um, Fincher's, like, mug of piss or, like, his like shame thing right. like it's really yeah. sad for him and so your grave like, mistake yeah <laughs> um, yeah and it's kind of like the the um henderson stuff too right? it like is he was, like going through his phone and just like talking about all of the like people with a certain name like all these women being like oh do you remember this one do you remember this one do you remember this one and it's like oh yeah very it's, similar tactics it's so gross and makes him seem so much better than he is and right, yeah it's totally. awful um and so he gets to a point joseph does where he's like you know you're supposed to be looking for delilah like you just swore to me that you were gonna find her but here you are you take off to cabo just a couple days later um and the only reason that you ended up tracking me down was because i was on a like movie set um and so, of course, like, Fincher's getting really upset, um, especially when he realizes, when Joseph says, anyways, that he killed Henderson. Um, and so it's all very dramatic. He's, like, throwing the ice bucket and, and all this stuff. Then, like, we get to that part with, with Katie Heigl, not Catherine. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, and it's, it's really sad, and it does. It reminds me a lot of... Um, of the Henderson, because it's it's Joseph trying to make him seem like he's better than he is when he's not. Um, yeah. But finally, at the end, Fincher is just like, yeah, fuck this. Um, after Joseph just, like, going into him so much and, and him just realizing that, like, he's trapped and he has, he doesn't have his weapon, which he's probably really used to. Um, and he just, this was, like, really fucking nasty he runs into the recording studio glass and just like kills himself yeah which is just like it is it's so brutal um and so joseph now that he has a a shovel um he goes back to the i guess it's the backyard um and he is looking at this like cactus um, which earlier on, I think it was maybe his first time that he was at this house, he made a big point of, like, freaking out about this cactus. Um, and so now he, like, buries Fincher in this backyard, and he thinks everything is, like, at peace now. Which, if he, if he knew anything, Joseph should know that, like, nothing that's not how things work here. Yeah. Um, and then the last bit here of chapter 39, um, Cabo, like, goes by in a blur, and then they end up back at Love's house. And I wanted to take a second here and just talk about Love's house for a second. <laughs> Listen. Because it, unsurprisingly, is, like, very lavish. Yes. Um, there's a lot of neon signs which I wouldn't have expected. Yeah. 
Definitely a different vibe, but I appreciate it. Um, but I did want to just take a moment and talk about the fact that she has a playroom. Now, mm. so, mm. even though what, what he, what Joseph means when he says this <laughs> is a game room. Mm. Because he's talking about board games, and there's a PlayStation in there, and a karaoke Things that machine. You, you play, you know. Yeah, that you usually. play with. Um, it is explicitly said that it is a playroom. Mm. And when I hear that, <laughs> I am immediately thrown back into sex genes territory. Yeah, we're crossing the streams a little bit. Right. And that is too much for my brain to handle. Yeah. Oh my uh, God. Our brains are broken forever, and I know this. Yeah. And we know this, but like, God, can you just imagine, like, I don't know, you're hanging out with your friend who has kids or something. They're like, oh, this is the playroom. And you're like, that's, I gotta rewire my brain, actually. I have yeah. to just, I have to just fully reset my brain. Yeah. I, I cannot think of this as something for children anymore. It's not red enough in here. I don't understand. It's like, I don't. <laughs> Where are the whips? Where are the steps that Anastasia's going to sit on and wait for Christian here? I don't understand. Where's the soul vibrator 40 <laughs> feet away? And in the top, uh, the fucking it's top drawer of that. punishment. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like a walk of shame. Oh, Where's that? In yeah. here. <laughs> and the, like, chaise lounge. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Oh. I hate how fucked up my brain is. Uh, welcome to my dark twisted mind, folks. Um, oh, so, there it is. Thank you. Um, <laughs> very similar to the aisles, they love has a like huge pool, and this is important because um, love surprises Joseph by going out in the pool. Has a mashup of what Joe says is quote my pitch perfect <laughs> song. It's mashed up with one of Love's songs, and they fuck in this pool mm. while this mashup is playing. And then things start to go downhill really fast. Forty shows up. Um, Forty is high as a kite off of cocaine. Yeah. And he also um, is sharing the news that, um, which I think we talked about last week, that his scripts had been sold. But now um, it is showing up on news outlets and does not include Joseph's name anywhere. So 40, love, both very happy. Joseph, however, is being a jealous little bitch. He's one to do that. <laughs> he, Yep. He is very, he's not happy um, because that was kind of the whole thing for them is that they were, he was going to get credit for his work. So, the this continues to go on. Um, Love is like, hey, you good? Joseph's like, oh, the chlorine in the pool is like really fucking me up. So sorry. Um, Love has to remind him um, it's a saltwater pool, actually. So, like, what's going on? <laughs> um, but he refuses to say what is happening, which in his usual form will only uh, fucking blow up in his face. Uh, but the rest of this chapter continues. He's looking at, he goes into 40's email account and he sees a lot of compliments, nothing uh, crediting him anywhere. And it seems... All of my work is not being recognized. Yep. Um, and he seems, he's like feeling very threatened of like, I can't believe I was focusing on Milo this whole time. Milo was never the threat. It's 40 this whole time. He's the uh, scammer. And the chapter ends where he gets out of the shower and he texts 40 with what is a, essentially just a breakup text. He texts yeah. him, we need to talk. Yeah. It's like, is this over? What are you? <laughs> yep. And so that is where the chapter ends. And next week, um, we have chapters 40 through 44 where Whoa. we'll have to get into that, that good shit. Meaty. It is. It's a meaty one. Picking up the pace, y'all. Let's go. We gotta get we gotta get ready for that midnight sun territory. But we do have some fantastic patrons to thank. Oh, we do. Um, with what feels like a very relevant midnight sun piece this week. <laughs> 
um, from Sci-Fi Wire, which is 31 questions we hope Edward Cullen answers in Stephanie Meyer's Midnight Sun. Oh, my gosh. Um, Would you like to start us off? I would. Shout out Maggie Quinn. (laughs) It's going to be number three. Did Edward make a snowman when everyone was having a snowball fight? Okay, finally someone's asking the real questions, though. (laughs) This is journalism. I need to know this. We're going to get, like, 700 pages. If this is not addressed somewhere, I'm going to riot. (laughs) Then what else is there? All right, shout out to Katie Weber. Who's going to be number five. What is going through Edward's mind when he first sees her. Why does it look like he's smelling acid? That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Shout out, Zoe Steele. Wow, wow, wow. Who's gonna be number nine? Bella describes him as having ultra white teeth, but I imagine that blood will stay in the way black coffee and red wine do. Does Edward use whitening strips or LED lights? Oh, my God. Huh? I just want, that's what I want from this. I want 700 pages of boring minutia about Edward Cohen's very specific life. I need the lore. Absolutely. Yeah. I need to know about Edward Cohen's Olaplex treatments that he gets his hair so coiffed. Uh, shout out to Rebecca Cohen. Boy, boy, boy. <laughs> who's going to be number 12. What's, <laughs> what's his favorite song that isn't Claire de Lune? Hashtag do you even Debussy bro? <laughs> I want that on a billboard. I need I need I a want shirt cross stitch that I says above that. the mantle. It's perfect. Amazing. Do you even Debussy bro? <laughs> Amazing. Oh my god. Shout out Elizabeth Swan. Wow wow wow. Who's gonna be <laughs> number 16? Edward Tretton tells Bella he drives 100 miles an hour and has never gotten a ticket. But has he ever been in a drag race? Now, <laughs> you have my attention. Uh huh, yeah. Give me a speed racer, but vampires. Oh my god. All right, shout out to Amy Taylor. Who's gonna be? Edward was, or number 19. Edward was turned into a vampire in 1918 when he was dying from Spanish influenza. Carlisle has been a doctor saving lives, but what have the other colons been doing? When you live forever, I I would think you want to think about the literal end of the world with climate change. Stephen Salvatore fought in a world war. Do the Cullens think about making the world a better place at all? Or do you just keep repeating high school? What is your social responsibility when you're rich, white, and can't die? Yeah. <laughs> it's a very important question. It's true. It's true. Shout out to Malt Gray. Who's gonna be? Who's gonna be? Number 23. Are the bedrooms in the Colin house soundproof since, according to Breaking Dawn, Twilight Vampires, Vampires sex is supposed to be loud and break stuff? Or do the couples have to leave to have some time alone? Listen! Listen. I feel like it's probably the latter, but I do want to know. Yeah. All right. Shout out to Taylor, Brown, Town, mm. Lawyer. Yeah. Yes. Who's going to be number 24? Hell yeah. What games, other than chess, do the Colons play? Does Carlisle trounce everyone at Scrabble? Does Alice win every game of Twister because she can see where people will move? Huh. We need to know. We do need to know. Shut Kelly Beck. Pew, 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 pew. Who's gonna be number 20? Speaking of Carlisle, he turned Rosalie thinking that she'd make a good maid for Edward. But why didn't it work out? Was Edward a bad kisser? Was it the worst day ever? Is this how he ended up at a hundred-year-old virgin? To be a fly on the wall at that first day. Okay, if we don't... Because I feel like this book is going to have to give us a lot more of, like, before Bella. Yeah. If we don't get some of that, I'm going to be so pissed. Right. 
how what else are you filling 700 pages with this is all i want absolutely all right shout out to aaron salinger boing, boing, boing. who's gonna be <laughs> number 14 how did he how did edward kill time while bella was dress shopping with angela and jessica did he go to the indie bookshops to find a vintage copy of wuthering heights <laughs> yes drag him <laughs> Oh, shout out Sophia Salinger. It's going to be 25. What's going through his head while Bella's sleeping? Does he think about how weird it is? Does he read any magazines? Do some light journaling? Make oh. a sandwich? <laughs> He's just doing like Sudoku. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. If it was now, you know he would be playing uh, Clubhouse Games. Oh, yeah. I just, he's on TikTok. Yeah. He, like, doesn't get it. <laughs> he's just, like, he's so mad, but he can't wake Bella up. He's just, like, figure out. Just He just has his, uh, like, an AirPods in. He's just listening to TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. He's on just, like, emo, sad boy part of TikTok. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that so much. That's amazing. Um, those are all great. We'll have to yeah. look at the rest of those later. All right, I have a fan fiction that I pulled for you this week. Whoa. I know. This is titled Her Blood Sings. Sure. And it is, yep, same. Um, And it is by Midnight Walking. Um, And this was published um, on August 25th of 2006. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Um, And... It has 90,000 words. Here's the description for you. (laughs) And I'm going to read every last one. I am. I am. Um, The description is, this is Edward's side of New Moon, which picks up after Rosalie's telephone call. This is it, the very last chapter. Read and enjoy. Um, I'm So I'm unclear what they meant by the very last chapter. Um, But I'm going to be reading, because there are uh, 27 in this. Um, but I'm going to be reading from chapter nine here, which is Edward's son for you. Mm. Um, and this is when he is in Volterra about to show off his glittery skin for you. All right. Are you ready? I am. Okay. As I stood there, waiting for the sun to reach its zenith, I called forth a mental image of Bella. I longed to hold her once more. But if what I believed were correct, I would never see her again. On the other hand, if what Carlyle believed were correct, then I would spend eternity with Bella. Bella's image appeared quickly in my mind. I had evoked this image so many times over the last few days that I felt as if I could reach out and touch her. First, I looked into her deep, expressive, chocolate brown eyes. I saw her immeasurable love for me shining out of those eyes. Next, I imagined reaching out and caressing her pale, velvety cheek, which would cause her to blush. Her skin felt soft, smooth, and warm to my cold, imaginary hand. As I inhaled her heady scent, filled my senses, and caused me to feel slightly lightheaded. I realized her image was becoming more real as the sun climbed higher in the sky. I knew that I would soon discover who was right about our demise, Carlyle or I. I began hoping that Carlyle's theory was correct because my longing and desire for Bella grew more intense as I stood with my eyes closed and gazed on the image of my precious Bella. Glittering was going to be a simple yet dazzling way to draw attention to myself, (laughs) but I realized having just my arms and face shimmering was not going to be enough. I needed more. The exposure of as much bare skin as possible was needed in order to attract as much attention as possible, so I ripped off my shirt. As I waited, I sensed Dimitri and Felix lurking somewhere in my vicinity, waiting for the right time to attack. I felt the wind caress my bare chest, and as it did, Bella's scent became stronger and more real. I knew I was closer to the end as I felt the sunlight creeping closer to my concealed position, and the closer it came, the more real my Bella became. Not only was her scent overwhelmingly strong, but I also began to hear her calling my name, as if from a great distance. I closed my eyes, imagining the great distance that separated us. Then I imagined that gulf of empty space diminishing as my extinct existence drew nearer to its end. End scene. Wow. Just a lot of, just a lot of ripping shirts and <laughs> wishing for love, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, if I know anything about cancer season, it's about <laughs> being naked and pining, you know? 
Yes. That's what, that's all I've learned. (laughs) (laughs) Just sitting by the beach being a crab. Yep. And looking for that green light. (laughs) Looking for that green light. (laughs) That's so real. Jay Gatsby Uh, was a fucking cancer. Stop. (laughs) I gotta go. Okay. That's if that if there's one thing I know as an English teacher is that Jake Gatsby was a cancer. <sighs> yeah, you're right. He's just such a little whiner, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it, but I, I get it. <laughs> He's just a little <laughs> crab. I like know. <laughs> who hosts a whole ass party and then doesn't go? Like what the fuck? <laughs> okay, me. <laughs> Anyways, this is a fuck Jay Gatsby podcast. Yeah, totally. Um, but as we say here in the West Coast. Sure. Uh, get bit. And get whipped. Ooh. Woo! Into the Twilight is an Earbud Media production. Our theme music is by Eli Krauss, and our artwork is by Maddie Padilla. Follow the show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash into the twilight. Send us an email or a fanfiction at intothetwilightshow at gmail.com. You can find Allie at Into Wild Places and me at Cody Crow. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media. Audio for everyone.